The Adventures of Lundwood Ruins, Part 2. We continue the story. Man, I feel like I would just block with my swords and then, like, dive towards him. <laughs> All right, you're going to parry it off with a strength check. Otherwise, you take damage. Go for it. 12 or higher. 15. It is. You just smack aside the flesh. Um, and I'm going to skip real quick because you're in, like, mid-motion. Mariella, make your final move. And whoosh, try to stab Dan right on him. So he is helpless and defenseless. So the two or higher. You just can't roll a one. 18. 18. You slam the sword in his chest. He immediately goes lifeless and limp. Djokovic then quietly pokes his head between the legs and says, Is it over yet? <laughs> well, he is dead. As I wipe off my sword. <laughs> Good job. Always clean your sword. Welcome, Sojourners. You have found yourself a cozy place here at Sojourners Awake. I'm Jonathan, and this is our production of the Lundwood Ruins. A few friends and I got together and decided to play through the Adventures of Lundwood Ruins. It's a wonderful campaign setting that I wrote and which you can purchase at sojournersawake.com forward slash shop. And while you're here, I'd like to introduce a little mechanic that I use in the games to make combat more exciting. It's called the auto win and the auto fail. If I ever determine that it is a surefire thing for someone to succeed, I will simply have them roll a two or higher. You can guess that the only way to fail is to roll a natural one. And this honors the timeless natural one's demise. But still, in this case, the character, Mariella, was going to jump onto the vulnerable troll and stab it right through the heart. I determined as the game master that this was completely an auto win, and so I asked her to roll a 2 or higher. Of course, she rolled an 18, and it is certain that she was successful as the sword plunged deep into the troll's flesh, and it died. The flip side to this is if there is an auto fail. If a character is attempting something that is nearly impossible, I ask them to roll a 20 or higher. The character has to roll a 20 on the dice. This allows players to attempt things that are otherwise impossible while still having a very small chance of success. Try this mechanic out for use in your games. And so for now, our story continues. Yeah, thanks. Indeed. The troll lies there lifeless. The ponies still get slumbering a little bit, but the paralytic gas has left with the troll and you are left there with the locked door, having gained no real benefit of resting this evening. Djokovic then just throws a stone at the door and says, this dang thing won't open. What's wrong? He slams down his book in frustration. Oh, hey, so right before I passed out, I had a thing. <laughs> we need Maybe to- you had a thing. How, I've been going through these books for, three hours now, nothing can open it up. It just completely failed. We're, we're at the end well, of the have book. you tried putting any of the elements to the door? One that it belongs to. Okay, I have read that children's book before. It's not that, it cannot be that simple. Well, have you tried it yet? Of course not. It's ridiculous. Can I just grab the dirt next to me and chuck it out the mountain? 
As you do, you throw the dirt at the mountain and the light begins issuing up and you actually hear like a deep dwarven baritone voice issue from the door. Djokovic's mouth just drops open. That was what I was expecting. I see. I, uh, I uh, told you. <laughs> uh, uh, what? Well, what does this mean? He starts looking well, for more supplies. Yeah, so we need water? Do we have water on us? You do. You have a canteen on your side. Tossing the water on the wave, that opens up. Rich tenor sings out in a harmonious tune. Yeah, this is beautiful. Wait, what are the other ones? We need fire and then... Fire and a cloud. A cloud. Can you can you summon a cloud? Sure. <laughs> you have, I'm going to say you have never summoned a cloud before, but you can certainly try. I can uh, try. I can try. <laughs> roll a 15 or higher intelligence check. Oh, no. Am I very intelligent? Mm, you got plus one. Oh, yeah. 18 plus one, 19. You burn an energia point, trying for the first time ever, and you actually bring about this windy cloud that <clears throat> dives into the symbol, and you have just the fire left. So then for fire, do we have, like, blast or anything like that? And then you can use your light power through that. We could do that, or instead of burning up any of my energia, we could just use the flint and steel that Jakovic has oh. in his pack. Yeah, that's perfect. Let's do that. And, and Djakovic actually says, like, well, the embers haven't completely gone out yet. And he holds up a firebrand. I guess I could help out somehow. And then he takes the firebrand over to the door. And at that point, all four-part harmony of the dwarven voices sing. And the doorway creaks open heavily. It is the Lundwood Ruin door, yes. Djakovic asks, do we... We should bring our animals, correct? You have two little ponies, pack ponies, with all your supplies. I feel like we should leave them in a sheltered place if we can find a safe place. We have to see what's down there at least a little bit before we bring them down because who knows if they'll fit, who knows if they'll make too much noise or if there's a precipitous drop or something. That's fair. You leave your ponies uh, in a sheltered spot along with the majority of your supplies. As you walk through these tunnels, you see the dwarven architecture and the design of these master craftsmen. Finally, you enter into an everlasting torchlit room. Your eyes adjust to the light and you see many hand carved caverns of stone leading to a massive hallway this giant hallway is guarded by a large stone dwarf who raises a hammer over this pathway. All the torches in the room cast a massive shadow on this 12 foot tall statue, which casts a dark shadow on the pathway through the door. Djokovic starts thumbing through his books. As you stand in this room, what questions might you have? Arave, Mariella. Do you have anything in your books that show what this place is? Is that what we're asking, Djokovic? I know uh, you're asking your senses right now. You're telling me what you're paying attention to. Hmm. You so you walk into um, the room. It's a nice square room. At okay. the end of this square room is a massive twelve-foot hallway. 
but there is a large 12-foot tall dwarf with a hammer over the doorway. Oh, I see. In this room, this is the only room that is lit by plenty of light, so there is purposely casting a shadow on the doorway. Mm -hmm. You can see that the pathway leading up to the doorway is completely wreathed in shade, unlike the rest of this room. Mm. Uh, There is also a dwarvish insignia at the top of the pathway, and Djokovic says, oh, I translated it. That says only dwarves may pass through here. So Arve, what do you pay attention to? Well, I want to know what's in the rest of the room. I want to know if there's anything around. So are there any other statues or are there any like crevices in the walls or any other doorways that we're not seeing that are maybe small or trapdoors in the floor? Yeah, as you look around this room, you immediately notice that there are creature-made crevices in the walls. Something slimy and sluggish has been passing in and out of this room, leaving a sticky residue on the floor, spiraling Mm -hmm. around. Um, As you get closer to the the slime, you notice it has a very acrid, demonic stench to it. Mariella, what do you pay attention to? Can I tell if, like, the dwarf is enchanted or something? Uh, Immediately you know, and you've probably seen something like this before, this large stone statue is triggered to slam down. You can see that there's a hinge on the hammer. Um, As perhaps as you pass your hand through the shadow, the hinge starts to move. Djokovic then calls out, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Last time I checked, you're not a dwarf. We've got to figure out a way to get through that shaded hallway without triggering a two-ton sledgehammer on top of your head. And then he shows you a sketch in his drawing, and there's these splattered remains. Now that you're looking at it, there's bits <laughs> of bones or crushed ground. And they really captured it all, didn't they? So I think our only way might be to go into the one of those crevices instead. How uh, how big are these crevices in comparison to us? Like, can we crawl through them? You can crawl through them with great difficulty. You see that they're very, they're pretty bad. Uh, they're very rough and uneven, but a good sledgehammer to the wall will reveal a little bit more of a tunnel. Indeed, you could crawl through it. Could we use the ponies in any way to... Once the dwarf hammer was triggered, is there room to get around it when it's down? Like if we sacrificed a pony to let put a pony in, let him get smashed, and then when it was down, we could scoot around. <laughs> uh, as you study this, you see that once the hammer is down, there's no way to go around the hammer because it fits perfectly in the door but one could easily climb up on the hammer and then hop off on the other side. Mm. It would be about a, like a good 10 foot climb. Yeah. What was the question? Mariella. Oh, I said, should we, should we do it? Should we sacrifice bone? How soon does the hammer go back up? How much time would we have to climb over? Oh, we have two ponies. <laughs> 
You oh. haven't you haven't tested it yet, so I will let you do an intelligence check. Do we even need to? Do we even need to trigger the hammer? Or can we just climb up the back of it and like pop over? Uh, you you could, yeah, you could not. The only way to get through the door would be go through the door. The statue and the hammer on the side of the door. We probably can't trigger it by just chucking a like a coffee cup or something. If you try, no. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we can get one of the slime things. Sacrifice that instead, then we don't have to lose our pony. You do but notice that there, there is no slime around the shade, Mariella. They don't go near it. Mm-hmm. But can we take the ponies with us if we? I mean, what are we going to do with them if we don't? Like, are they any use to us anyways? Can we take them? They can't. Even if the hammer goes down and we climb over, the pony can't climb over. Where, what are we going to do with the ponies? Unless we go back out and go somewhere else. <laughs> are we going forward? That's true. Well, wait, do we know how deep this is? Like, is this one of the, like, is this a cavern that we just go in and we'll get something at the end and then come back out? Because in that case, we'll get, like, it'd be nice to have the ponies to get back. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if it's like a cave that actually goes to a different place, then yeah, there's not much point in backtracking for them. Mm-hmm. So we're hopeful because it's dwarvish. Mm-hmm. But we don't even know if this is where we need to go, right? I mean, we just kind of happened upon this place. Djakovic says, no, this is certainly the place that we were supposed to go. It's somewhere near the end of the temple. And uh, if my sketches are correct, the the blueprints tell us that, yes, we were on the right path. So then this is a temple that we'll, like, come back out of after. It is. We can search through for more exits. That is possible. Uh, but this is a bottlenecked area. That is indeed true. And it's very typical of dwarves to put this level of security in their system. That way they could pass through and bring their guests in their own shadow. In the shadow of the dwarves, you are safe, as the saying goes. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we don't have one. <laughs> could we catch like a rabbit or something? We could try, but it has to be a living thing to trigger the trap. Uh, How does it know... If you're a dwarf, is it very discerning? Could we cut off the pony's mane and tail and make beards? <laughs> I, I have no idea. We could try. Uh, I, we could find a rabbit. We could make a bearded dwarf. Bearded could rabbit. <laughs> Send our bearded rabbit through. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's worth a check for if there's anything else living that we can sacrifice before we resort to the ponies. And then if we can't find anything, let's use them. If we go to the door, does it stay open? Can we get, can we go in and out of the door that we just came in with no problems? Yes, yes, you can. All right, Mariella, you go searching for a living creature. Roll a wisdom check to see if you can spot one in the middle of the night. 11 plus four. You indeed are successful. There's a small goat with a beard. Perfect. Uh, you see that it is, it is within your clutches. You're able to lasso it and carry it desperately away back into the corridor. Um, at the top of the hour, Mariela, you bring back this bleeding goat. And uh, Djokovic makes a joke about some scapegoat or something like that. Uh, Should we sleep? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Because... 
we want you to be at your your best. Yeah. Well, there's sign things, so that seems yes. like we don't know if they're right dangerous or not, unless Yarkovich knows something. Arave would know they have a demonic quality to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like the idea of sleeping with something that could be as quiet as something that is slimy. That seems like a very quiet, creepy thing. Yeah. So I'd say we, we should sleep out. In fact, we could go look over where the troll was sitting because maybe he had like a cave or like a little dwelling oh. that we could use now that he's dead. Is he dead or gone? He is dead, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. As you move out through the night, I'm going to say it's about a good two o'clock in the morning. Um, you're starting to get pretty fatigued. As you move up to that cave where that the troll was, you, do, you indeed see that there is a natural cave that smells pretty terrible and uh, has been decorated with various skeletons in a makeshift tea party around an mm-hmm. old casket, old burial, uh, old uh, beer barrel. And uh, there is a sack of supplies the troll has collected. Otherwise, you search around and see that the cave is naturally empty from any kind of beast, except for a few bats in the belfry. So what we can do is take some of my flower petal seasoning and everybody can rub it in their nose, and then that will stop them from having to smell the bad shit. Yeah, sacrifice (laughs) three of those petals. Three out of it, that's good. Yep, yep. And uh, you won't be vomiting throughout the night. Um, Each of you does Yakovich need one? Because don't dwarves have like a bad sense of smell or something? I, I'm not a dwarf. <laughs> We'd be a good chip if he was a dwarf. <laughs> yeah, if I was a dwarf, I would have gone through the hammer. I'm fine. I, I'm just a regular old guy, 35 years He's old. Short, I think. I am short. <laughs> easy, easy mistake. <laughs> I am not that ugly. Christmas like showing. <laughs> all right each of you sleep uh you are out in the wild though so it's gonna be a rough night um arave and mariella you only gain back one health point and one inertia um, because you are in the threat of the wild however when you wake up you level up so i'm going to randomly give you up a nice new skill and hopefully it's applicable. If each of you would roll a D100 and announce your results. Three, four. 34. Once per day, you may roll charisma and pray for a miracle. Being a Lethrian elf, you would pray to Elethria, the elven goddess. She is a star in the sky. So that's one of your features now. You can just call forth on her power to just like get you out of a bind your god is strength yes all right what'd you get mariella uh 39 39 your weapon effort is maxed out to plus five that means your sword does a minimum of five points of damage that's cool all right, you wake up, and after some rest and recovery, it is now bright and early in the morning. You satisfy yourself with a ration to stay healthy and strong. You proceed back into the room where the hammer is with your goat. 
and I'm going to ask the Oracle, because I don't know the answer to this, are there demon slugs in the room when you arrive? Mm. I just roll the d6 because I don't know. We're going to find out. Are there demon slugs in the room when you arrive? That is a straight no, but there is evidence that they've been here overnight. Mm. The slime is a little more sticky, and you notice that there's like black webbing, um, something like a cocoon that has been planted on the wall nearby. Otherwise, the hammer is there, the everlasting torches are still casting the shadow. How do you proceed? So do you think that we should like get rid of this demon slug cocoon thing? Can we grab the torches and light it on fire? Bad idea. The torches do not remove, they are stuck to the wall. Can we build our own torch? You may do that, yes. And you can use the torch as well. As you light it on fire, it shrivels and squeals and issues out all these dark profanities. I need each of you to roll charisma or take a point of trauma as you hear the cry of the abyss. 12 or higher. I got a 12 plus 2. You are able to resist these horrible profanities. Mariella? 8 minus 3. Ah, oh, but this horrible language like seeps into your mind and racks you with guilt and shame and fear and it's just the most awful thing you've ever heard so you take a point of trauma and we'll take another point of trauma if you encounter this demon again that you have burned. You hear something... I think you'd probably be happy about being lit on fire and be like, oh, this is my favorite! <laughs> You know, like, hell. Like, like, where he's at home. He's <laughs> like, thank you. I'm so happy now. Okay, Djokovic shrugs his shoulders. Mariello, you have a sense that someone is watching you along your shoulder. That doesn't feel great. Well, the shadow sure. lies there. How do you Can perceive? Sacrificial goat. All right. You lead the goat through, it walks in the wrong direction. <laughs> you lead it back over, and suddenly the hammer falls and the goat is splattered. Run! <laughs> we should have prepped for this. <laughs> yeah, we should have. I thought about that. Well, is this a test to see how long it stays down, or are we just going for it right now? You know, that's probably smart. Know. Let's test yeah. that. You don't I mean, know. It is down. It is down. So, but we'd have to get another creature to try again. If this, we don't take, we should just go for it. Yeah, let's just run and jump. And worst case scenario, we die. We die. All right, <laughs> you have to get up over, including getting Djokovic over. Yeah. Uh, he, like I said, he is probably not. He's not the most acrobatic. This is going to be a dexterity check for you to leap up the ten foot ledge and grab on with your fingers. Mm -hmm. uh, it is difficult. 15 or higher. Ooh. 20. Arve, you leap up gracefully and live like no problem. Do a three-point landing on top of the um, the hammer. Mariella. Uh, four minus three. <laughs> I'm, wow, that's, yikes. <laughs> Mariella, you actually trip and Djokovic is like, hey, wait, wait, wait for me. And the, like, the, the, pendulum like knocks you forward and you smash up against the the uh, hammer 
and this round you have not made any progress at all. Arve, uh, the hammer is still in place. Yes. You can start. You, see- you can start to see the hinges starting to move. It's going to mm-hmm. be close. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, Arve, once you're on top two, you can now see down the hallway that it's smooth sailing, and there's a couple caverns on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, you're ten feet up on the hammer. You're looking down at your companions, but the hammer itself is just a simple hop down on the other side to safety. Mm-hmm. How do you proceed? I don't think I'm strong enough to reach down and grab both of them. I think that, sorry, I think I have a, I'm going to hop down and go get a dwarf and bring them back because they can walk under and bring friends in. So I'm going to either force him or, or charisma him to help me. So there are that no, doable things. That's awesome, but you know there are no more dwarves in the kingdom. No, I didn't know that. I thought we were going to find some. We're we finding the girl dwarf? Yes, yes, because as soon as the female is born, that'll start respawning the the tribe. But we're, but there's only the girl. There's not other dudes down there. We're just nope. looking for one dwarf. Yep. Oh, I thought there were others. There might be, but you have no idea where there are. You haven't seen one it. Okay, all right. Okay, let me think. Yeah. I have to jump down on my good side. Yeah? I don't know what will happen after that, but I don't see how I can. You know that Mariella at least gets one more try. You know that much. Yeah. I think we have to try that. I don't know. If it goes badly, we're in trouble. All right, what you gonna do? I'm going to leap down and the hammer goes back up. Is that right? Or she gets to try again right now. The hammer has not gone back up yet. Nope. I'm going to yell at her and say, um, can you try again? She can. She can at least try one more time for sure. You know, you have that much time. Can she carry Jackovich too? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Djokovic will try too, don't worry. Okay, all right. I say you guys you guys gotta try again. All right. All right, Arave, you hop on the safe side of the hammer. Mm-hmm. Mariella, Djokovic is ready to jump, like get a running start and jump up. Uh, you are afforded that as well, unless you had something else that you were gonna do. Nope, that's, that's right. what I'm going for. All right, 15 or higher. Uh, it's a little easier this time because you kind of get the spatial you, you know exactly how high to jump so it's a 12 or higher uh, I got 10 minus 3 wow 10 <laughs> minus 3 oh my gosh <laughs> Mariella at that point uh, Djokovic is going to try he got a 17 oh good uh, I'm going to say Djokovic gets to the top <laughs> <laughs> um Here's what happens. Djokovic starts to jump off on the safe side with Arve as the hammer begins to ascend back into place. Wait, can I run underneath it while it's ascending? <laughs> very quickly. Do it very quickly. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to have to roll ah. 10 or higher dexterity check. Shoot. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, 12 minus 3. 
Oh my oh. gosh, terrible. <laughs> All right, nine. You slide in and you, like you're diving into home plate and you skid right past the, d- the remains of the goat. <laughs> you look up and you see the goat head just looking back at you stuck on the hammer. And it slams down. And Arave, you see the dust settle. And when it settles to the ground, you see Mariella lying there without any of her supplies. Mm-hmm. Except for one sword. Mm-hmm. Mariella, you are alive. Thank <laughs> goodness. But you are, besides the clothes on your body and the sword in your hand, mm-hmm. You are destined. Oh, that means we lost our handheld communication device. Oh. Yep. We communicated with the guy back at home with that? Indeed. Mm. But you are alive. We'll figure it out. It's a good thing you could slide on that goat blood that kind of greased the skids for you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Sojourners. This is Jonathan with a brief break from behind the screen. You might have heard that I issued out a trauma point for one of the characters. The way I do this is that each sojourner begins with zero trauma points, which can ascend all the way up to six. Once a player reaches six trauma points, we simply roll a 50-50 chance on whether or not the character is permanently shell-shocked. If the character is permanently shell-shocked, they are essentially dead, retired from the game. If they make it, they reset all the way back down to zero trauma and gain some special abilities and skills. This helps create some kind of tension in that you want to engage in dangerous activities in the game and in the story, but you don't want to completely be taken out of the game. Some things that could induce trauma are uh, if a character experiences pain, if a character witnesses someone die in the game, if they see a monster for the first time or engage in their greatest fear. It's just another mechanic um, besides health points that I like to use to create a little more tension in the game. You might wonder how to get rid of these trauma points. Well, rest, recovery, and good dialogue between sojourners. This encourages role play uh, player to player. So I hope you like this mechanic. Anyway, our story continues. The hallway leads you another two days through empty warehouses, places, and courtyards where the dwarves conducted business. Finally, a darkness lingers in one particular room that you can see was once an underground fungal garden. The earth smells strong here, but Arve, you also recognize that same acrid odor resembling bile and demonic blood. It hangs heavy in the air. Over in the corner of this courtyard, you can see a glowing red embryo attached to the mountainside. It is the one source of light in this room. And inside you see a young female dwarf, her face preserved within the embryo. All around this room, you see sticky black webs, green gas, And in the corner, in the uh, upper part of the mountain, you see three skeletons wearing wigs hanging onto the mountain surrounding the dwarven female. Arve, what questions do you have about this scene? 
Well, the question I have would be, are all of these, the webs, the slime, the skeletons, are those there because they don't want the dwarf kingdom to survive? Or are they there in order to protect the female dwarf um, from anyone else who might not want the dwarf kingdom? So I want to know yeah. whose side are all of these things on? Oh, you can clearly see that this is an inhibitor to her being born. And this explains much why she is in limbo, unable to be spawned into this world. Mm -hmm. Some Dharmonic presence is keeping her from being spawned, yet she is still preserved inside, safe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mariella, what do you pay attention to? I wanna know how they feel about light. Mm -hmm. That's a good question. How do demons feel about light? Yeah, like, are they are they shriveling away from the light? Like... Ah, the dwarven light. Yeah. Yes. There is a good birth around this light. Um, I think each of you would know the lore and legends that only once every hundred years, once every 1,000 dwarves sprouted from the mountain, Charnay's will births forth a female dwarf. Female dwarves are usually are rare, for they possess innate magical sorceress abilities. <laughs> Unlike their brothers and cousins, they do not build things, but they create them. So a female dwarf would be a rare specimen indeed, um, and in the darkest manners taste delicious to the demon lords. Mm. One can see that they're simply biding their time, waiting. Now you put two and two together, recognize that the female dwarf has probably put herself in limbo. For she knows that as soon as she enters into this world, unprotected, she is sure to become a feast for whatever foul being is waiting for her. We stand in this room and Djokovic's knees start knocking together and he <laughs> says, nothing in these books has prepared me for this. This is the will of the malignancy. This is the will of the dark forces of the abyss. We must report back to Captain that they must send squads of legions here. We cannot handle this. Are they? No, I I don't think that's that's the right that's the right answer. I don't think that squads of legions is going to solve the problem because I think that that I can make light. That's, if they all hate light, I think we can get this dwarf out of here now. The embryo out. If I make light, what are your effects? Um, I don't have magic, I just have my swords. Oh, so sword. I think, yeah. Like if you make light, then I can be the backup in case anyone gets too close. Make sure that you're protected. Okay. And then is, is Yakovich the one then that has to run in and grab the embryo <laughs> if I'm the one making the light? Is that, good? Is that a good idea? Well, oh, yeah, that's great. If, if you make the light and you give her enough of a birth, no pun intended, but she can then be birthed. <laughs> oh. I, 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 would, I would carry her until we're able to get out of this room. Um, do we have the ponies? Yes, we didn't sacrifice them. Good thinking. Okay, good. I can put her on the pony then. Mm -hmm. And uh, if she wakes in time, 
Believe me, she'll be able to bring forth enough light to put all of us to shame. This okay. is incredibly fascinating and wonderful discovery. I'll have to record this, um, but not now. No, not now. <laughs> okay, so I have still nine out of my 11 inertia. Okay. So I want to go big or go home. Okay. I, right? You told me I could do that? You can do that. So you want to spend everything and then collapse? Yep. Yeah, everything. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say you need at least 40 points. Okay. You're going to roll 9d10. So nine times the d10. Okay. You've got nine. to get at least rack up 40 points in order to create enough light to give enough to keep the demons at bay. Okay, so this is the D10. Wait, 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 before you do that, Mariella, you start to see these slugs that are um, have these rat heads popping out of their bodies, nibbling around, waiting for some kind of creature. It's almost acts like a, a shell of rat heads and tails on top of this slug. And they're slinking in the shadows. They're waiting and lusting after this egg. And when they see you... Um, you take another point of trauma because this is the creature that you burned earlier. However, you see As that there there are 10 points worth of slugs that you have to slay in order to keep them off Arave. Okay? Okay. All right. Arave? Yeah. First, you must cast your spell. It so I have to roll this 10 times? No, just roll a, a d20, 10. Yeah, roll a d20. 10 or higher. 13. You are successful. The magic begins to channel through your body and your staff. The light builds up. Roll the d10 nine times. Go big or go home. Two. Okay. Somebody add. I got it. Yep. Five. Nine. One. Ugh. Two. Five. Nine. Ooh. How many That's rolls 30, am I 39 points. Ah! That was, was that nine rolls? What that was it? eight rolls. Eight rolls. Eight rolls. Okay. Yes. So all I need, so I can't lose. You cannot lose. Arave, as you start casting this magic, your body starts to <laughs> shake and tremble. Sweat pours down your forehead and your lips begin to quiver. Your staff actually just shatters into pieces, but it creates this natural wave of light and builds up in this room, the the slugs and demons begin to hiss and spit. They charge at Arave, this angel of light. Mariella, it's up to you now. You have to get a 10 or higher strength check to fight them off. 18. 18, you are successful slashing. You need to get at least 10 points of damage. You, you automatically get five because of your sword. Roll your d6. Six. What? Yes. Oh! With 11 points, you just hack and slash through these demons with absolute flair and finesse surrounding this beautiful elven woman. You protect her. Quite literally. <laughs> At that point, Djokovic watches as this female dwarf finally has permission to be spawned into this world. Uh, born as a young teenage dwarf, he pulls her out of this 
embryo and then puts her on the pony and says, it's okay, we've got you. She blinks, smiles, and he leads her out. Mariella hacking at the last of the slugs, facing her fears and her trauma. Arave collapses to the ground. All right. The light can I grab her? You can grab her. You fling her over your shoulder, fulfilling your debt. You race out of the Lundwood ruins back into the starlight where the sun actually is now blinding, setting over the western hills, creating shadows in the mountains. And you see before you the first female dwarf born in 1,000 years, innately powered by magic. And you are the first to witness her. Arve, your eyes begin opening as you recover from this trauma, fully exhausted in your body requiring rest. Without any form of sending stone, you must make the travel back, but you have the ponies to do so. The companionship and the friendship along the way. And of course, Eliana is alive. And so for now, our story concludes. Every story comes to an ending, so for now we must conclude. Thank you for listening, Sojourners, to this one-shot tryout adventure, Adventures in Lundwood Ruins. If you would like to purchase a copy of Adventures in Lundwood Ruins, you can go to www.sojournersawake.com forward slash shop. Background music and ambiance provided by Tabletop Audio. Check them out at www.tabletopaudio.com. A special thanks to our guests, Heather and Karina for their participation in this Sojourner's Awake production, Tabletop Stories. Thank you for listening, Sojourner, and however you choose to sojourn with us, as always, may your story continue.